Okay, welcome to another episode of Affordable Housing and Real Estate Investing. Today, we got a legend. We got Jimmy Owl on the podcast today, and Jimmy's one of the first members in the Sub2 community. He has done a ton of creative financing deals, full-time investor as well. Jimmy, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Like, what, the, what does your portfolio look like nowadays? Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Um, so... You know, I've recently been full-time investing since um, early 2021, so almost two years now. Mm -hmm. uh, my story is, I mean, you know, just growing up as an only child, single mom, um, grew up mainly in Dallas. And um, after went, you know, went to the old traditional route, went to college, actually got an engineering degree. So I'm an engineer by trade. Um, yeah, worked for a tech company um, immediately after and you know, obviously, you know, I always knew that I wanted to do something more than just work, um, a corporate job. And I always said I wanted to have my own business, but I didn't even know what that mm -hmm. meant at the time. I don't even know <laughs> what business was. Um, it, it's crazy, right? Because I was thinking about like, man, how do people that don't have a structure, um, you know, when they go to work and they're told what they're supposed to do and then they go home, like, how do those people that don't have that kind of structure, how do they make it? Mm -hmm. Um mm -hmm. And uh, my story is, I mean, so I've been following um, a certain uh, guy from back in high school and mm -hmm. he was always into, he was always trying to sell people on stuff. You know, he would literally like try to sell people like, you know, fake beats or, um, or, or just any, anything that he can buy for cheap and just sell for more. Right. And I'm like, man, this guy's kind of a bum, you know, he's not really focused on school. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he's just kind of messing around. Um, but then I still follow him on Instagram and after a while you see his, his like social media just blow up. Like he's literally just, you know, driving nice mm -hmm. cars. He has, you know, mm -hmm. like the nice watches, all those things. Um, but he's always posting about his hustle. And then I watched him do an interview once and he mentioned the word wholesaling. Wow. Uh, interview okay. on social media. Yeah. So I didn't even know what that meant. I just literally Googled wholesaling real estate and I just mm -hmm. went down a big rabbit hole. Like I just kept. <laughs> looking that up and i'm just like how is he doing this because i know that dude doesn't have when he started out, i'm sure he doesn't have a lot of money mm -hmm. um and so i just did my research you know obviously youtube university and all the free resources i started listening to uh bigger podcast uh bigger pockets mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i knew that that was a great podcast because they they break it down for you even when you're a new you know listener um and eventually when you start hearing enough of the same lingo over and over you start to understand yep. what they're talking about before I didn't even know what liens meant, um, you know, just explaining a lien to somebody is like, how do you, when I ask people like, Hey, what's a lien? I don't understand this word lien, but now it's like, you know, I can talk about all these, this, this lingo, talk about all these numbers yeah, yeah. and the terminology. Um, so anyways, I just went down a rabbit hole and, and I kept learning and learning. And actually in 2019, you know, I went to a few meetups. Um, I didn't really do anything active. Um, mm -hmm. I was really scared to take action, but I was like, okay, based on what I'm hearing so far, I'm going to do the, I'm going to start with, um, the Burr strategy, um, yep. because it's, it's really well known. And for those that you don't know what Burr is, it stands for, um, buy rehab or renovate, uh, what is it? Rent refinance and then repeat. repeat. Yep. Um, and ideally, right. The, if you do it right, then you should have no money, um, into the deal when you're done with everything. And it, sometimes if you do it really well, then you can even get money back. So you're basically mm -hmm. being paid to own a property. 
So I read about it and I kind of started diving in into like, hey, okay, how would I find properties? Okay, get on wholesalers list is what I'm being told. Um, and I think I was still kind of learning and then somehow I came across creative finance. I think um, there was a website called Propelio um, and Propelio is still around obviously, but Propelio uh, offers a lot of free courses uh, on their website. And so I was just mm -hmm. watching uh, you know, about creative finance. And I was just like, like I heard about subject two a while back, but I had no idea what that mm -hmm. meant. I kind of just blew it off. And then yep. there was another guy that was talking about subject two. And I just like, he broke it down so well for me. He broke, he's explained subject to owner finance, seller finance, wraparound mortgages, um, you know, note, creating notes, selling notes. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so hooked because I don't have to go through the burr process to just buy property. I can literally just yeah. take over, you know, basically. Okay. So to explain subject to, right. To backtrack a little bit subject to is short for subject to the existing mortgage or existing liens. So you're essentially taking over somebody's mortgage. You're leaving their name on the mortgage and all you're taking is title ownership. Mm -hmm. People get confused. I'm like, Hey, is that even legal? Of course it is. Right. A, a mortgage is one yep. document and a title slash deed is another document. Um, so they don't necessarily have to go hand in hand. And now there are some, you know, uh, potential risk with that and, and liabilities. But if you do it right, then you can pretty much stay protected. So I learned about that and I was so hooked. Then I just started looking up everybody that was talking about subject two. Love and, it. you know, we I came across, you know, at the time, Pace Morby. He was starting to blow up just a little bit. Uh, I mean, like his mm -hmm. social media was pretty low not a lot of people knew that much about him and but I, he yep. did some interviews some podcasts and man like i resonated so well with pace you know this dude was literally just giving information away for free that a lot of people you know didn't want That's to right. just put it out there um and i i like he was probably the, the one person i was following so closely like i was watching everything on his instagram his stories mm -hmm. I was reading all of his old posts that dude even posted on bigger pockets forums, you know, in the wow. early, like mid 2010s and, and a little bit later, right. Just kind of understanding how, what he went through. And mm -hmm. one day he announced that he would have his, uh, we'd have like a mentorship open. And I literally remember bookmarking the day that it was open. Cause I wanted to sign it right away. Cause I was afraid, wow. Hey, this thing might sell out. I don't even know. I don't <laughs> even know how much it was, it's going to cost, but I'm gonna just do it anyways. Love um, it. And before that, I've even, I even bought a couple of courses and that really went nowhere. I paid like $2,000 mm -hmm. for a course, I think. Uh, I went to one speaking, uh, one real estate event at the time and I was so hooked on pace. Um, but yeah, so after I joined the mentorship, like literally I got a deal three days later. That's insane. Um, wow. Yeah. And I, <laughs> well, tell, I say well, tell us about your first deal, man. Tell us a little bit about your first deal. Like, you had a great story. You took so much action. You like you started off, but you just start educating yourself for a little bit, right? Just like anybody new in this world, that's exactly mm -hmm. a best first step. But then you actually sought out and resonated with someone that actually knew what they were talking about, and you signed mm -hmm. up for sub two. So once you joined sub two, you got the deal in three days. Like, tell us about like what happened. Like, some people would be right. like, "That's impossible. No way. Three days, right?" Tell us a little right. bit about that story. Yeah. So. I don't want to make it seem like, hey, if you join a course or a program, right? You're autom it's automatically mm. going to work for you. Um, even if you put in the work, sometimes you may go months without seeing any results. So I've been actually like marketing and doing my own cold calling 
So I believe the mentorship opened up in May. I think I started doing mm-hmm. some marketing on my own in like February, February slash March mm-hmm. in that time frame. And I was just, you know, cold, cold calling, make going through the no's and the rejections. Um, mm-hmm. But I was also trying to apply what I was learning from Pace. And so yep. it just so happened that three days in, I got a deal. And when people ask me, how do I, how did like how, explain your first deal? How did it go? You know, most people are like, hey, you know, I bought it for a hundred. I, I wholesaled it for 105, right? But to mm-hmm. be honest, my story is way more complicated than that. Um, it's not a simple transaction. Literally, I have to sit someone down to explain. So essentially Got what it. happened was I called a bunch of, um, you know, either on and off market listings or off, sorry, on market and expired listings. And mm-hmm. I was just calling, hey, you know, I literally said flat out, would you be open to an offer where I give you some cash? And I just take over your mortgage. And mm-hmm. I told this uh, seller and, you know, I didn't really th- think much. She's like, okay, let me just talk to my realtor and I'll get back to you. Right. I didn't think about anything. Next, you know, like an hour or two hours later, I get a call back from the realtor. It's like, Hey, you called my client, you know, mm-hmm. can we get some more information on this? We actually might be interested. Oh, and so hey. this deal, it's crazy. So this was in May, right? May of 2020. During May of 2020, that's like peak of COVID. COVID, yeah. I was my I was in San Antonio with my girlfriend, who was uh, my girlfriend. Right? Um, so we were stuck there. So I was like, hey, you know what? I'm just going to market in San Antonio um, because it's pretty similar to Dallas in terms of mm-hmm. price points and all that. But I don't really know the area. So mm-hmm. I the property was in San Antonio. Essentially, I negotiated where I was going to give them uh, the exact amount. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think it was 10000 I was going to give them $10,000 and a little bit of money to the realtor. And my goal was to create a wrap the property. So I basically bought a subject mm-hmm. to, and then I'm going to mm-hmm. sell it on owner finance. So what I did, that's exactly what I did. Right. And, uh, I, you know, hearing from pace and other people, you want to time those transactions at the same time. So you don't come any money out of pocket. Got so it. what do I mean by that? Right. To explain if I think their mortgage was 200,000. I essentially paid out of pocket 15,000. But while we're in escrow, if I'm going to sell it on a wrap or owner mm-hmm. finance it, I'm essentially creating another mortgage on top of the existing mortgage. And I'm going to sell it to someone that, you know, isn't really qualified to get a traditional mortgage. They're called, you know, penalty box buyers, you know, at risk buyers, um, you know, subprime mortgages, right. Is essentially mm-hmm. what they're called. Um, so these are people that are cash rich, but they don't have, social security sometimes they don't have a bank account these are just cash rich store of money in the mattress type people um and so i was able to find a buyer and i basically said okay i'm going to sell the property to you at two hundred and thirty thousand. is what i said i want 10 mm-hmm. percent down and i want eight percent interest rate right at the time eight percent sounded like a lot i mean it still is a lot but i mean mm-hmm. as of this day it's november 2022 <laughs> starting interest rate is like in the seven, eight, 9%. So right. but at the time, you know, 8% is unheard of, but it's warranted because these people are at risk. So right. I basically was going to be $15,000 out of pocket. But if I said, Hey, if you owe me two thirty, dollars uh, you're going to pay me two thirty, dollars put 10% down. That's $23,000. So mm-hmm. I essentially pocketed the $23,000 minus the 15, which is mm-hmm. what $8,000. Yep. And then I made a spread between what, the owner finance buyers were paying me versus what I was paying the mortgage. Um, and that's, I'm still getting paid to this day. It's about like $300. Yeah. Um, so, 
That's so, amazing. And, that, and, that's, and that's me literally not like having to do any property management. I don't have to replace any um, t- toilets or replace a roof or AC connect, uh, units. So mm-hmm. it's just straight mailbox money. So that's my first deal. <laughs> Dude, that's an amazing story, man. Like sometimes we yeah. talk about like, hey, just buy, buy and keep in it. But not only did you, you were so resourceful, man. You you figured out how you were going to find another buyer to cover their expenses. So you you netted $8,000 and you're still making cash flow. That's a risk-free investment. That's what yeah. a lot of people will want in the world. So that's amazing, dude. I mean, so from that first day, let's talk about your portfolio now. Like, what do you have in your portfolio now? What do you own? Are they, is it a mix of long-term rentals, short-term rentals? Tell us a little bit about your portfolio right now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was going on a buying spree when I first started. I didn't really do any <laughs> wholesale deals, to be honest. I was just buying a, as many sub twos as I possibly could. My entire portfolio mm-hmm. is either um, sub two, seller finance, or a mixture of both. Um, so right now I have uh, approximately eight units and I have mm-hmm. um, two um, owner finance notes. Um, I did have another one, but I sold the note to somebody else. Um, and, and that's another creative deal too. But so right now I'm at eight doors uh, and I feel right now I'm just kind of focused on generating more, not cash flow, but just a big cash influx to, you know, build my business. Right. So build a wholesaling business, mm-hmm. build a, um, you know, real estate holding company business. Yep. So right now I realize, Hey, it's good to have rentals, but you know, you don't want to overextend yourself if you don't have the proper reserves. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't want to have to keep raising money all the time because I don't want to be over leveraged. I want to have, you know, make sure I have some money in the bank and the event that I can't raise money or whatever, then I'm, I still am liquid enough to cover my, my overhead. So yeah. I'm at a point where yeah. I haven't bought as many lately, um, within the past, I guess almost year. Um, but I'm just right now trying to build up my business. I mean, dude, it sounds like you're just, you're just loading up the bullets right now, man. Like <laughs> you're yeah. trying to acquire and increase your cash reserves so you can eat, buy even more creative deals. So, I mean, you already mm-hmm. bought eight properties and now you realize like, Hey, I think this is really good advice for the listeners out there that not, you got to have some active income. And even when you have passive income, it's kind of active at the same time. You got to manage yeah. your property managers. You got to at least collect the money to make sure like people aren't defaulting, even for some of the, the notes that you own that you, you, right. you possess right now. So for those eight units, I want to move the conversation to like your experience as a landlord. And I know you have a few section eight rentals uh, right now. Tell us about them. Like are, how many section eight rentals do you have right now? And uh, how are they going? Out of those properties, only two of them are section eight. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I heard from somewhere, uh, I forget exactly where I heard this from, but Hey, section eight, you can actually see how much section eight uh, will pay you based on the number of bedrooms you get and based on the zip code that Mm -hmm. it's in. Um, And so I started doing some research, you know, I, I, I had a property that was a five bedroom um, in a really good zip code. And then I had another one that was three bedrooms in another great zip code as well. And both of these properties, they are section eight, but they're from two different housing authorities. So Mm, when you go, when you want to do section eight, uh, let's just say, I'm, uh, you know, this is all in um, DFW. Though. So mm-hmm. in Dallas, right, there's a couple of uh, housing authorities. You have the Dallas County Housing Authority. You have Tarrant County Housing Authority, McKinney Housing Authority. So sometimes it's either by the city or by the county. Um, so you kind of just want to look to see what housing authority will probably give you the highest rent rate based on the bedroom. And so 
I basically did section eight at the time. I think for the five bedroom property, the monthly payment that I took over was approximately like 1700 and rent rate in the area was like at the time about 1800, 1900. So that's not much, right? Made max of $200. Yep. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, that's not going to work for me because I would essentially have to, I would be in the negative because once I put all like put aside money for expenses, reserves, mm -hmm. I don't think I would make any money. So I looked to the section eight. Uh, at the time I couldn't find the exact, it's called the payment standard or the matrix yep. that tells you how that's much, right. but I was like, you know what? I'm seeing that on go section eight.com that five bedrooms are going for in this area for maybe 21, 2300. And so I just put it out there on section eight for 2,100, no 2,200. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah, someone uh, was interested. I vetted them. And, and the thing about section eight is I did my research, you know, people have this idea that section eight, if you're renting the section eight, you might be a slumlord uh, yeah. or, you know, you might have bad tenants that are going to like, you know, basically beat on your property. Mm -hmm. But in reality, if like these, like the people that you're vetting, if you know that, hey, this person has had their voucher for a couple of years. So to maintain a voucher, you basically have to have good behavior, you know, just follow the rules, good compliance, um, yep. you know, good inspections, because the county or the housing authority will come by, do an inspection, you know, they'll make sure that you're not late on your rents, because once you do, you get you, the vouchers gone. And to get, to get another voucher, it's like another wait list you have to get on. So it's a process. So this person had their voucher for like six years and I rented it out to them for 2,200. And at the time, section eight would cover, I think it was like 2,000 or a little bit more. And their payment to me mm -hmm. was like 195. Wow. Isn't yeah. that, I mean, for, for, and I talk about this all the time, right? A section eight voucher is almost like hitting the lottery for a family sometimes, right? I grew up in mm -hmm. low income housing. So I knew how hard it is to get a, a affordable housing unit. For you, for the family that you helped out, like paying two hundred dollars for a twenty two hundred like twenty two hundred dollar right. rent house, that's hitting the jackpot, man! And they get to save money and keep set aside that money so that you can put food on the table. They can start right. saving for the kids' college. And I just want to mm -hmm. thank you, like, dude, you are making an amazing difference. And like, I wouldn't be where I am today with there aren't more people like you, Jimmy. So I want to start off by thanking you, but I want to also highlight your points for the listeners, right? You want to go section eight. That's a really good resource for people to kind of go on to see what they can rent out for. Right. Are there any sort of like mm -hmm. cautionary tales? Like I've heard that just because you see it for a certain amount doesn't mean that's the exact amount you can rent out any sort of um, information that you can provide or clarity you can provide to the listeners here about when I go to section, go section eight, what else do I have to look out for? Right. Um, so how much they get. So you have to one ask to see what kind of voucher do they have? Sometimes mm -hmm. they have, let's say a two bedroom voucher um, or a three bedroom voucher. But if someone has a three bedroom mm -hmm. voucher, but they're trying to rent your five unit, then mm. you, I'm not saying you can't, you know, lease to them, but you have to see, okay, how much is the section eight going to pay? Let's just say they're only going to pay half of what you're charging for rent. Do you feel mm. confident that the tenant will come up with the other half? And That's at that right. time I was like, you know what I want, I need guaranteed money right now at the time in 2020 during COVID times were uncertain. So I wanted yeah. to make sure I will, I can get as much guaranteed money as I can. So my goal was to find someone that the, the housing authority would at least cover my entire mortgage payment. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So at that time, the mortgage payment was, I think it was 1700. So I needed to find someone that had a voucher and what they, what they're allocated, what the, 
the tenant is allowed is based on how much money they make. So they have to mm-hmm. go through a process with the housing authority, show them their income, and then they will tell them, hey, yeah, even though on the matrix, the payment standard, a five bedroom can go for X amount, the housing authority would only give them, you know, let's say the max was 3000 the housing authority may only mm-hmm. give them 2000 because based on their income, they could come up with the other 1000 uh, Got it. And side note, I kicked myself in the foot because uh, that was Tarrant County. Someone I uh, talked to had posted, had sent me the Dallas County payment standard. And for a five bedroom in that zip code, it was going for 3300 I, I was so livid when I saw that. 3300 <laughs> and I'm renting it for 2200 <laughs> That's a thousand dollars a month. Oh my god! Exactly. So, that that, the thing is, like, the government will always compensate those who are willing to provide housing because housing Mm -hmm. is always an issue. There's always a shortage of housing, and so that's that's what the government is doing. They're incentivizing us to provide housing for people that normally wouldn't be able to get it. Um, And so, yeah. So when I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh! I just that just kicked me in the foot because (laughs) because. I just signed a lease with that person. And when I saw that, I was like, wow, I could have leased it for so much more. Um, But Hey, so you kind of, you live and you learn and um, you kind of want, you kind of have, now I have tools at my disposal knowing, Hey, which one do Mm -hmm. I want to leverage? And so, yeah, section eight, you know, there's, I know, I'm sure there are horror stories that people have. Absolutely. At the end of the day, you just have to be transparent with your tenant, have them be transparent with you as much as possible and mm-hmm. show them that you care just like any other tenant, right? Maybe send them every now and then, like during the holidays, send them a Christmas card. Let them know, hey, yeah. how are you doing? Just want to check in on you. Uh, because if they know that, you know, you're looking out for them, then they're going to try to look out for you by looking after your property. And that is so important, right? Like you went above and beyond, Jimmy. And I think this applies to any business you're in. Um, oh, lost Jimmy, but let me try to finish my point here. So you... And any business, you have to go above and beyond and provide an exceptional service offering. What Jimmy did was he built a relationship with his tenant and he sent Christmas cards, right? Just like with any other business, when you hire employees, you screen them, you do a background check. Jimmy vetted his tenants. He didn't just like Mm -hmm. pick some random person off the ground. He had to make sure like they were legitimate. They were good people. They were going to take care of the property. They had a track history of a voucher. So I I just can't stress this point enough. Like sometimes in real estate, people just think like just throw someone into an apartment and you just collect a check. That's not the case. You still have to do work and you have to do some research. Now, in this case, Jim, you might have charged a little bit less, but you can still raise the rent later down the road. Right. So it's not like you completely lost on it. So exactly. Exactly. Um, so I also another thing, go ahead. another thing I did, sorry, uh, real quick. So I learned to be really resourceful, right? Just because, just because they put something down on their application, doesn't mean that you have to believe everything <laughs> that they put down. So for example, um, I had asked them for, I think the application asked them for references. Um, mm-hmm. and Hey, can you put in your previous landlord, put in the property address? So when I called that number, you know, I was like, um, Hey, you know, I was talking to that person. Do you know this? And of course they said good things, but I'm like, you know what? Let me double check. So what I did is I actually skipped trace the address, found the real owner who was a different number. Um, and the owner was like, I mean, yeah, she's okay. You know, it's, she's, she's has her days. Um, but you know, she, at least she was on time for the most part. He didn't really have anything bad, bad to say. Um, but it's still like, you know, she at first put the wrong information down and I'm like, 
why did you put the wrong owner down? You know, and maybe that's on me for trusting people. I, mm-hmm. you know, basically was like, hey, you know what? I'm still going to take her in. Let's just see how this does. Right. And so far, you know, no complaints. Um, Got it. So sometimes that's you got to go with your gut, um, but you have to, you know, look out for yourselves, be cautious, making sure that you're um, doing your research, due diligence and going above and beyond. Because at the end of the day, no one is going to care more for your property than mm-hmm. you will. That's just fact. Yeah. And you can't blame anybody else, right? Because they've, no. they put the address on, on the application. So it's your mm-hmm. fault if you didn't skip tracing and find the old owner. Like you can't blame anybody mm-hmm. else. And I think that's such a gem, man. Like you didn't stop at the application. You just take the word for it. You actually went one step above and actually made sure. So, all right. I think with every single podcast, like people, especially in real estate investing, right? They always talk about the good stuff. Like, mm-hmm. so t- tell us a good story about being a section eight tenant. I mean, landlord, like you're getting the checks on time every month, right? Any other good stories that have come out from your experience investing in real estate and as a section eight landlord? Um, so that property, uh, it's been okay. Not like nothing bad so far. Um, there's mm-hmm. another one though. This, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I actually met. So one thing, you know, I learned okay. to do is don't present yourself as uh, the owner, right? I always came oh, in and say, Hey, I, I work for this company because I don't want them to think that, you know, Hey, if something happens that they can come directly after me, but two, mm-hmm. I always defer to like, Hey, I'm, you know, it's not my decision. It's based on theirs. It's like a negotiating mm-hmm. power, right? Attack. Yep. Anyways, I met her in person. I just said, Hey, I'm just, I'm just working for this company where, you know, they're wanting to lease out in section eight. And she was a cool chick. You know, I met her, talked to her, you know, she was a single mom and she had, mm-hmm. I think, uh, two or three kids with at least two baby daddies. Yeah. Um, and you know, she straight up told me, yeah, like, you know, I was a stripper, not anymore. Um, but she was funny. She was cool. And I was like, you know, hey, she sounds legit. Uh, and then I checked her application, um, and she had, yep. this one was an ex- this one was different. She had just got her voucher, right? And so I had uh, really I no see. prior history, but I did still check like her. Um, you know, you can skip trace based on their phone mm-hmm. number, their previous addresses. Um, mm. And so I did, you know, do some digging and I called around the places that she used to rent from, and you know, nobody mm-hmm. had anything bad to say. Um, okay. But since then, you know. I mean, yeah, there's sometimes the property will have things to be fixed, right? That's a given. Um, Correct. This one, the AC needed to be fixed. And for some reason, I had like three different AC guys out there who could not find what the hell was going on with this uh, property. They come out there, mm-hmm. they would fix the issue. They At least they thought they did. And then mm-hmm. next, you know, the tenant saying it's still hot here. Like my thermostat says, you know, li- literally it's showing like 85 degrees in here and it's blowing air the whole time. And so I'm like, what the hell's going on? I even had one contractor replace an entire condenser and he replaced it for free because he was like coming back so often and I paid him all this money to fix it and he didn't charge me for the condenser and that can go for like 6,000, right? Yeah, that's expensive. Yeah, so, and that still wasn't the issues. And the thing is, man, she would like, I get it. But when you're hot, especially in Texas, you just like, it it makes you so irritated. But man, she was literally texting me novels on through text you know when you send someone <laughs> a long text on iMessage and then it's, it yep. goes to see more you can expand the text that's how long it was it, it was literally I could write a book on all the texts that she sent <laughs> it was insane and she would like literally tell me everything that's on her mind so like 
oh my gosh, it's getting so hot right here. And I can't even charge my phone, but I think my phone has an issue. So I have to schedule an appointment with the Apple store. And it's just like, well, I don't need to know those things. And for the most part, right. I didn't even respond. I just tried to like, Hey, respond to certain, like specific things that she needed in regards to the property. I didn't want to entertain yep. any of that. Um, yeah, but you know, we, it's, we it's finally, not your job to. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, that's another thing, right? You like, you kind of have to learn, Hey, I should have probably removed myself and hire a property manager. And I told mm -hmm. myself, yeah, I want to hire a property manager to take care of all these things. But at that time, I was just kind of learning how to be a landlord because I yeah. think everybody needs to learn the basics before you can delegate, right? Absolutely. So you know what you want and what you don't want. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, like that, that, was a, that was a trip. But we finally found someone that actually found the issue. Um, mm -hmm. it was, it was a pretty easy fix. It wasn't nothing major, honestly. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, now she's cool. I mean, when she's not, you know, hot and angry, yeah. um, <laughs> but that's, that's, I mean, that's really it. Right. But nothing. And so, but her though, she's really cool. She actually like wanted to make additional improvements and she would always ask me, Hey, is it cool? Like if I add these bushes to the front? Is it cool wow, if I, okay. you know, maybe repainted some of the cabinets and she showed me mm -hmm. some designs and I'm like, you know what? Sure. She's literally making the home for herself because yeah. now she has some sweat and emotional in equity into the property. Right. Mm -hmm. And so now she thinks that this property is also hers. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, if I increase rents, she's gonna be like, wow, if you increase rents, like, do I try to stay here? So who knows? I mean, like, I we'll see, right? If she decides to damage mm -hmm. the property, but I, I don't think she's yeah. that type of person. Um, yeah. But yeah, she's made that I property think, her own. Yeah. And I think this is so cool because like you literally, your two tenants, you have dispelled all of the rumors or the myths about Section Day where everybody is out there to cause you problems, to, to trash a place. And here you have a tenant that's literally making improvements as offering to make your landscaping nicer, to paint your kitchen cabinets. Right. Like these are just real people, even though they might be voucher holders, they're just real people that's looking for yeah. a stable home to, to grow up in and to raise their yep. kids. Right. So that's beautiful, man. I, I love that. And I love that you're actually making money on these properties. So you can oh, yeah. cash flow. And have mm -hmm. these tenants like stayed with you for the entire time? So they haven't moved out yet, right? Uh, not yet. No. So um, their lease is actually about to end pretty soon um, at the beginning of mm -hmm. the year. So obviously mm -hmm. with the rate that inflation is going, these high interest mm -hmm. rates, you know, I do plan on increasing the, um, the rents yep. um, by, you know, two, maybe 250 bucks, um, yep. you know, which is like, yeah, that might seem a lot, but if you come to places mm -hmm. like San Diego or like where I'm living now, you know, yep. rent is like my unit literally is renting for six, $700 more, oh, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's insane, but Hey, this is just the cost of doing business. And so, um, they've been, they've been with me and, you know, anytime that there's an issue, they let me know right away. Or sometimes they take care of it on their own and they just let me know. So yeah. Yeah. Like you said, they're just, model. They're just, you know, normal people. They should not be labeled as anything, right? They're just, hey, they have more kids than the amount of money they can make. So somebody, and they don't have another provider in the family. So mm -hmm. they have to seek government assistance. That's right. And I think this is also a great investment proposition as we head into the recession, which we're technically in one right now, that you're going to get rent on a monthly basis, no matter what, despite the situation. So even when you raise rent, right? I'm sure that the government is going to increase their portion of their rent payment as well, right? Based on how the payment standards are, based on what you just right. talked about. So it's not like even when you raise it 200, 250, the tenant isn't going to pay an extra 200, 250. They're paying a very small portion of that based on the proportion or right. 
maybe right and the housing authority is reviewing they're reviewing on an annual basis actually not even Mm -hmm. annual sometimes on a quarterly basis hey oh wow are we are we like yeah so i've gotten multiple adjustments hey now your tenant will be paying this or now with the tenant will be paying this it's either higher or Mm -hmm. lower Uh, but they're always reviewing um hey is has your income changed um because there's other people that actually need the money and so there's Mm -hmm. not you know infinite amount of money to go around um so but yeah i mean it's been great so far and i I still would continue to do it and you know but two tenants it's a very small sample size right you can't just generalize right Uh, right now Mm -hmm. yes i'm having a positive experience and i'm gonna have one until i just have one bad apple that's not just gonna it's gonna basically fit in the stereotype but until then you know I, i haven't dealt with that yet yeah but i think that's just like any business right like if right. you if you're like com- customer like if you're a company like apple and you have millions and millions of iphones out there you're going to get someone that's dissatisfied with your product or you're going to get some people that exactly. are going to voice their their opposition right that's just <laughs> the, the natural thing of running a business so exactly. that's awesome man um hey thank you so much for sharing your stories about your section eight rental experience like i want to move next into just like helping people get started in investing. And I think you and I had a conversation about mindset a lot, right? So for anyone that's currently thinking about getting started, like what advice do you have for them? Like in terms of mindset changes, you know, surrounding with the right people, what, what's your advice for to someone kind of getting started right now? Right. Um, man. So this is like a topic that I love to talk about all the time um, mm-hmm. because I had to think about how exactly I thought uh, back then. And so, you know, I, I, ha- I heard from a mentor one time and he said, it's not that, you know, people lack the resources to succeed. They actually mm. lack the resourcefulness to mm. succeed. So um, and when I heard that, I'm like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. You know, um, because when, if you, if there's something so compelling, that's pulling you forward to your goal, you would do whatever it takes. Right. So right. To put an, uh, to you know to make an analogy, how is it that crack addicts they live on the street, you know, um, they don't have housing, they don't sometimes don't have money, but how is it that they're mm-hmm. always able to get more crack and stay high? Like, how is that possible? Wow, that's what a great analogy. I mean, that's resourcefulness, right? Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, it's not you know for their betterment, but at the same time, it's like, mm-hmm. what if we had that same persistence? and mm-hmm. intention to go find our figuratively speaking crack, whatever that is. Yep. And so for me, it's like a lot of people that don't start, they're like, I don't have the money or I'm going to wait until I have enough money for a 10, 20% down payment. But in reality, if you waited that long, you wouldn't even be buying a property once a year. Sometimes it'd be That's once right. every other year or once every three years. Um, yeah. And by the time, if you do the math, you do put in 40 years, right? And you're buying a property every every other, that's mm-hmm. what, 20 properties in 40 years? There are people out there that have built, you know, pr- bought 20 properties in a month or in a year mm-hmm. that I've heard about. And so it's like, you have to kind of shift on, I can't do that. And instead ask yourself, how can I do that? And yep. it, there's like a lot of things that play into it, right? It plays into it, like stuff like, hey, the kind of content that you're consuming on a daily basis, mm-hmm. the kind of people that you hang around with, you know, if you're around with people that are just like, yes, there are, they are better than you. Uh, they're more, they're mm-hmm. hungrier than you are. They're hardworking. Um, and they have, you know, their goals are aligned with their lifestyle. Then 
naturally you will be like that eventually because you know you are the the, the law is yeah. you're the average of the five people you're around with but vice versa if you're with like you know some bums and you know they're just kind of comfortable or they're plateauing in their lives mm-hmm. then that doesn't really serve you and it's not a knock on people that are in that space right but it's yep. one thing to it's one thing to just stay there but it's another to like recognize that you're there and knowing mm-hmm. that you need to get out of there right um, and i think everybody can develop a knack for that it's it's not like hey someone's born with it you know, sometimes it just takes one person, one story, one video that yep. you resonate with, and it changes the trajectory of your career. Yeah, so, and I love man. that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's so beautiful because we always get so scared of taking action, right? But then you just need to be around people that have done it. And like I, when I, I told you this before, like when I did my first deal, man, I was nauseous, dude. I was getting ready to throw up. But that's because I didn't really have anybody else to talk about this with. Now that you and I are in sub two, and when I hear about your your story, Jimmy, like it's so inspiring because like you took the action, you got around the right people, and you just kept taking action. And mm-hmm. seeing your your path, Jimmy, has really enlightened me. Like, okay, if I just keep at it, and I will land my first creative deal. Like, I've been in sub two for about a couple months now, and I haven't got my first creative, but I've been able to double down and really just help people. Like, okay, I'm really good at underwriting short term rentals. Right, you don't have to always do this one single path of wholesaling. If you find a way to help people and add value to their lives, like that's what's going to set you apart. And right. being around people is the first thing that you can do right now for all of listeners. Like you can take that step right now and be like, I'm just going to spend a little bit less time with these people and start trying to meet other people. And that's really it. You just got to take the first step. We're not asking you to break up with your high school friends or your, or your, or your lifetime right. friends. You can still hang out with them. You just got to know that there's certain things you don't want to talk about them. Like how has your friend circle like changed or developed over time? Like, do you find yourself hanging out more around with people that are in the business nowadays? Tell us a little bit more about like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, my fiance gets onto me because she's always like, you know, you can hang out with people even if they don't really serve you a purpose. Right. Um, or, <laughs> Hey, they don't, right. they're not, they're not giving you any value. And I told her that that's not exactly what I meant, right? Um, mm-hmm. I, it, I meant it as a like, hey, there are people, I'm, I'm willing to talk with anybody and be friends with everyone. I would love yeah. to. But obviously, we don't have an infinite amount of time here. So right. it's you have to prioritize who you want to spend with your time with consistently. Because mm. unconsciously, the people that you're around, you'll just start to become more and more like them. So if I know that, then I'm going to set myself up for success and really only hang around like consistently for the majority of time with people I know that will elevate me. Um, and right. yeah, you know, I'm not saying that I don't check up on my friends every once in a while or the ones that I don't talk to mm-hmm. as much anymore, but it's gone to the point where like I've muted, uh, I'm in like a few group chats and I've muted a few of them that don't serve mm-hmm. me, honestly, because I used to be the guy that's always trying to be active in the group chat and yeah. always be the funny one and always respond back. <laughs> but you know, that takes away a lot of time. And then that, you know, it, you know, your focus is, you know, it's just strived off into something that's not even going towards what you, what you, your goal mm-hmm. is. And so, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, my friends uh, somehow found out, but they understood, right. We yeah, all have our own awesome. paths. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and there's no hard feelings, but you know, I just have to really like, Hey, I don't, yeah, people have 24 hours in a day, but in reality, you're not using all 24 hours, right. You're sleeping eight, you know, mm-hmm. you're spending time with your family for maybe two to three, you're working out, you're, uh, you know, 
doing all these things. So in reality, maybe you only have 10 to 14 hours a day to really work. And so out of those 10, 14 hours, what are you doing? Like, are you yeah. just spending time with people that aren't going anywhere? Or do you want to just be around with, yeah, it might seem intimidating, but naturally you would just start to become more and more like them because you literally just want to be a match with your colleagues. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and, and this- so, yeah, I mean, no hard feelings though, but right. Hey, I still talk to everyone. Um, I, and I have no bad blood with anyone. Hopefully they don't have bad blood with me, but <laughs> I just, I'm doing this for me, my family. Yeah. And I think your fiance and, I, and my, and my wife would get along too. Like, cause she gives me the same advice. She's like, Hey, I don't want, you to talk about real estate during dinner and i was like hey that's actually okay like i can get a little bit of break during dinner and i maybe i should keep this stuff to myself and you know not everything has to be like all lopsided towards real estate and i think that's why you and i really get along is because like we understand this balance that we're in and we know that we have friend groups that hey we can't convince them to do what we're doing but we can just pave the path and say, Hey, when you're ready, here's another option for you. Right. And I think that's what mm-hmm. our, our goals are right now in real estate, just to kind of continue marching forward, paving the path. And if our longtime friends from like high school, like everyone to come along, like, Hey, we're, we're more than open to teaching them everything we know. And I think that's what the beauty of our real estate is. Like I have met right. so many giving people like yourself, Jimmy, that is willing to give us the time, want to, give us the friendship and just advice of like, Hey, I'm starting a new and creative finance. What can I do? And just being the, the helping hand there. I think that's, I really, right. really appreciate that, Jimmy. So yeah. And you know, just, I'm an open book, man. When people ask me about anything, whether I, they're a complete stranger or I've known them for a mm-hmm. while, you know, I'm not the guy that will shut them down because I feel like they're not worthy of my time. No, mm-hmm. like I will respond to them because, Hey, I know what it was like to be in that position at one point, that's you right. know, that's another thing that, you know, I wish a lot of people would do more of um, because mm-hmm. that, that's why I resonated with Pace. Pace is a guy that you don't, yeah, you follow him. He doesn't follow you back on Instagram. You reach yeah. out to him on Instagram and he responds to you. Sometimes he, his responses are in video because they're so long. So, <laughs> you know, when I, when I just saw that, I'm like, wow, like why he has all the resources at his disposal. Yeah. He literally has all the answers. He like, I mean, he's working so hard. He's making all this money. Why is he spending his time? educating those that are begging for his attention because hey mm-hmm. he probably recognizes i was at that point once in my life and i re- and personally mm-hmm. i have reached out to a few other people looking for mentors and i was mm-hmm. kind of blown off too and no hard feelings but hey i get it people don't want to spend that time to teach people mm-hmm. but now i know like hey i'm going to give everybody the same opportunity that i had because everybody mm-hmm. gets a chance to to go for it. hey if they at least are at a point where they want, they know they want a better life. They know that there's another path yeah. to what they're doing. Then that's, I'm going to at least reward them for having that thought. Right. And Hey, yep. maybe I'm not going to give you, I, maybe I won't be able to give you everything I've learned within the, within the next hour, but I can at least help you point the way. Here's my cell phone number. Let me know if you have any questions, you know? Yeah. So that, that's just all I can do. And I don't know how people like people need to recognize how valuable that is. Like it's actually when people are thinking about starting and they're just so lost, like you just need to find someone that's doing it and that's willing to offer. And for you and I talked about section eight and that's how I realized I was so passionate about it. I I caught myself in listening to myself, how I was talking about it. And I think that's how I realized I I was so passionate about section eight because I grew up in it and I wanted to help other people that are in a similar situation so that they can have an equal opportunity in life. And I right. think for you, rewarding that passion is so important. I think 
I don't know, man. It's just so beautiful knowing that it's contagious. Hearing you, it's contagious giving too. you this, it really is. Like when yeah. you see other people doing, you're like, oh wow, he's so giving. Like I'm just gonna keep giving, and I think that's what's so great about our community here and stuff too. It's just everybody doesn't think they're too good for another person, no matter how right. new they are. And I think right. that's the that that's the tone that comes from the top, obviously. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That's... Hey, Jimmy. This was an awesome conversation. If people want to reach out to you, if people want to talk more or help you in your business, what do you need in your business right now? And how can people reach out to you? You know, um, how I will say this, right? The way you can master something is uh, how you can master something is when you have, when you can teach it, right? And it's mm. secondhand. So, hey, if, if you guys are coming to me and asking for help, I'd be more than happy to show you because honestly, I'm just perfecting my craft and explaining yep. and trying to help someone else. And so at the end of the day, it is going to benefit me because I am, you know, like I said, I'm mastering it, but also, you know, if people need help underwriting, if people need help to see what's the best exit strategy, talking mm -hmm. to sellers, Hey, that's what we do, right? We partner up with those people and we close on their deals. Um, you know, I do buy properties in Texas and Ohio, but if it's mm -hmm. not in those States, then I will still help you, you know, cause I'm always curious to see what other situations are out there that I have not come across yet. I feel like I have covered uh, a decent amount, but pretty sure not even close to maybe half of what's possible. Right. Um, so I'm always, you know, available to help people out and, and, and mm -hmm. do business because I would love to be a part of everyone's first deal. How amazing would that be? You know, That's because awesome. everybody always remembers their first deal. Always. <laughs> they do. Just like you remember yours and how well you articulated it. Right. And right. that's such a good story, man. Um, no, that's wonderful. Um, Jimmy, should people reach out to you on Instagram? What's the best way to reach out to you? Yeah. So uh, I'm pretty, I wouldn't say, I mean, I'm active on Instagram. I don't really post a lot, but I'm always on there. My Instagram is uh, thy Jimmy, T-H-Y Jimmy. Um, and honestly, if you guys want to shoot me a text, go ahead, right? I get my phone blown up all the time. My number is 972-363-5549. Um, all right. In San Diego, invest in Texas and Ohio. All right. Bring Jimmy some deals, guys. Jimmy, this was awesome. Thank you for coming on the show. I think you provided so much value. I hope I can get you back on the show again to talk more about creative finance strategies since that seems to be your, your area of expertise. And uh, for people that are looking to invest in real estate, definitely reach out to Jimmy because this guy really knows his stuff. Thank you, Jimmy. I appreciate your time. Thanks, Ken.